0: I'm Caroline, a yoga and breathwork teacher with a special interest in menopause based in Edinburgh.
1: And hi, I'm Dr. Claire, a GP and menopause specialist based in London.
0: Together we are the Menopause Sisters and we're here to guide and support you through your menopause journey. Welcome to the Menopause Sisters Show, and we're really excited to have Dr. Rizvani with us today. Um, He's a consultant hematologist and clinical lead for hematology based in London. And he graduated from Imperial College Medical School in 2001, completing his specialist hematology training at Addenbrookes Hospital in Cambridge, and University College London Hospitals. He's also an honorary clinical lecturer at the University College of London as well. So he specialises in the diagnosis and management of blood cancers as well as general haematology and we wanted to talk to him today about blood clots, risks in blood clots and that classic worry that we know a lot of people have around HRT and possible increased risk. So welcome Ali. Thank you very much Caroline, thank you Claire and Caroline for having me. So to begin with, could you maybe talk to us a little bit about the work that you do? Um, just briefly give us a give us a little heads up of your day-to-day and, and the work that you do in the hematology departments that you work in. So um,
2: so I work both at Whittington and University College Hospital. And I mean, my main area is management of patients with cancer, but we come across clots all the time and advice on patients with clots a lot of my patients are prone to clots so talking about mainly clots we literally have to deal with it on a daily basis also i do see general hematology patients at whittington so i do see patients who've had recent clots we talk about management of these patients as well as kind of risk modification to reduce the risk of clots and it's it's uh they, and that includes both patients I see so our patient and also patients who come acutely in into hospital through aE or patients who develop clots uh, uh, while they're in hospital which is a common place for patients developing clots
1: right so you've got a kind of a, a vast vast knowledge lots of years of experience in dealing in dealing with clots and I guess from from our point of view what we're looking to discuss today is that clot risk and what 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 is clot risk what increases our risk? particularly as women and particularly as perimenopausal and postmenopausal women, what might increase our risk of, of blood clots, and um, and how how do we mitigate that before we sort of discuss hormone replacement therapy a bit later on? Um,
2: yeah, Claire. So I mean, there are the are many different risks risk that we, you know the risk that means that you're at higher likelihood of getting a clot. But age is one. The older we get, the more likely we're getting to clot. That's the probably the biggest risk actually that there is, and that that includes everybody, but. The risks that I guess that people should We need to be a bit more aware. Family risk is very important. If you've got a first degree family who's had a clot, especially if that clot was, you know, we've got two main types of clot, and that's quite important. If something has been, if a clot's been provoked by something, like for example, after an operation or a fracture, or if it's an unprovoked clot, so it's happened for absolutely no reason. Especially if it's an unprovoked clot in the first degree, especially first degree family, then that increases the risk of that person developing a clot. Other things that increase the risk is immobility, smoking, uh, high BMI, so those are the things that can be, those are the things which are really important for everybody to kind of be aware of, because those are, are what that, things that you can modify, we can all modify. Other things are long-haul flights, dehydration, uh if you have got a fracture, you know, and you're immobile, those, those, those are the things that are really important to be aware of. Pregnancy is also another risk factor. We know that there are some hormones, you know, there are certain hormones, especially estrogen, that relatively increase the risk of clot but again we'll come to that but that is that is actually the risk of that is actually relatively small but it's really important to be aware of it and again it's probably the one biggest risk probably the one biggest risk of having a getting a clot is actually a previous history of clot for yourself if you've had a previous risk of clot your risk of clot probably goes up by depending on what the reason of the clot was even if it was a provoked clot, the risk goes up probably by about four folds and even much higher if it's an unprovoked clot. So I think those are the things that whenever we think about clot, whenever we're going to prescribe something new for a patient, for, you know, those are the things that we really need to kind of find out. And because it doesn't mean that you can't do what you want to do. It just means that you may need to adjust things to keep that person as safe as possible from developing a clot. So those are the things that we need to think about and try to modify when it comes to actually, you know, when we think about clots and what we should do about clots.
0: Ali, can I just clarify something there as yeah, well? Sure. So when you say about first degree, you're talking about an immediate family member, are you? Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry.
2: So it means basically immediate mother, father, sister, brother. Those are literally there. And then after that, you go to first cousins. That's actually the risk of that is is the evidence for that is much less clear, to be honest. You know, everybody will have someone who's had a clot. You know, a lot of times I see a patient say, yeah, my second cousin has had a clot. That's kind of not that relevant. Uh, it's important to know. It's important to know and think about it. So if, you know, but I think it's important, especially your mum and dad and your, you know, your your siblings or and then after that to grandparents will be the kind of relevant things to uh, to. To kind of to think about.
0: So it's a risk factor. So immediate family members, as you just talked about, but I thought it was quite interesting. You're talking about, um, you know, if you break a bone, you have a fracture in some way or, but also you were talking about high BMI. So thinking about sort of weight gain, I guess, as well.
2: Absolutely. So weight gain, immobility, and actually what is, what is actually quite interesting To So if someone had uh, just 20,000 steps, so it's very active every day. Suddenly, for whatever reason, they start doing 5,000 steps a day or even less, say three, 4,000. They're still mobile, but do less steps. They're at higher risk of that, that risk. In, the risk of clots relative, relatively increases. If someone who usually does 4,000 steps, so they're rel- now they're the same, this person who used to do 20,000, because that person's uh, mobility has reduced for them, that puts them at increased risk. But as someone who's done four 5,000, it doesn't necessarily increase that risk because they're still, that is their mobility. Overall increases the risk because they're less mobile. But what you worry about, if you, for some reason, your activity or, you know, your mobility, so it's not even unusual, especially in the older patients when they get a flu and they're in bed for a week mm-hmm. and they're not mobile, they commit, they kind of get a. Uh, they deep ventral a clot in the legs or worse if they get a clot in the lungs so those are those are really really th- important things to um to bear in mind and the other thing I didn't 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 say risk factor you know we kind of discussed most of the things it's kind of and obviously pregnancy which goes with you know, which we kind of is obvious reason for two reasons, because of there is some hormone and stuff, but also because of the, especially the third trimester where there is a pressure on your venous system where clots are formed, if there's more pressure there. And also anybody who's got active cancer, that is quite significant increased risk of clots. So those are the things that we need to be aware of when we when we speak to people about clots and the risks of clots, and especially if we want to introduce something new like HRT, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a bit.
1: Yeah, so so thinking about that, I guess you know taking a, I mean from a from a menopause specialist point of view, but also with my GP hat on, thinking about taking a really good history, obviously, and finding out about that family history, and one of the things I wanted to. Focus on there is as, as you mentioned. We know that that high BMI, we know that weight gain can predispose us to a number of conditions. You know, it can predispose us to to, to to a whole host of illnesses, can't it? Specifically, we're talking about clot here, but perimenopausally and postmenopausally, I guess what what we're also thinking about is that holistic approach to weight loss because we know that women gain weight. Some women gain weight in this position, mm. so obviously they're all, already they're aging they're already putting themselves at an increased risk anyway as well aren't they and you mentioned estrogens there and obviously that's that's what we're talking about as well we're talking about estrogens and you yeah. mentioned pregnancy and the risk goes up with with estrogens but what about hrt what about hormone replacement therapy because i know from our perspective there is a big worry not not only amongst doctors but but also amongst patients about is hrt safe so if if we take HRT as someone that doesn't have a risk of a clot, how how does it increase our risk of our clot? And there's different types, isn't there? So thinking thinking about that a bit, I wondered if you could sort of talk to us a bit about that and how that might affect us.
2: So I think in one word, HRT, I think is safe and it should be used. It's probably underused. I mean, I don't know, you guys are the expert in HRT, but from what I get, you know, I know I know my mum was scared of getting, starting, being started on HRT, uh, because she, she, she had, she's, her friends told her that she's going to get a, get a clot and lots of other things. But in, if I, if I had to r- really summarize it and I'm being, you know, you know, I think, I think HRT is safe. Absolutely. And I, and I go through that. I, I'm going to speak through that. I think first of all, the risk factors we talked about are really, really important. I think we need to talk about everybody risk factors. So there is, there is a, I think one of the best studies done was done by Nottingham University. And basically, I'm sure you must have seen it. And it's a a really, really lovely study. It was tens of thousands of kind of patients who were or were not on HRT were looked at. And what it showed that if you were not on HRT, the chance of you getting a clot was about 16 in 10,000. Over a a few months period, if you were on HRT, these are tablets. You'll be talking about tablet HRT. You're not talking about. I'll come to gel and cream and all that stuff in a sec. And the ones who were on HRT, the risk went from 16 to 10,000 to 25 to 10,000. Okay, so the risk was. So first of all, if you're on HRT, if if someone HRT gets a clot, you need to put it this way. I think two. There was a, there's a two in three chance they would have got a clot anyway. So, you know, but as soon as they say, they say, oh, I was an HRT. That's why I got a clot. So there's a two in three chance they would have got that clot anyway. And also, I think if you look at, if you look at that data quite carefully, it was very specific types of HRT. It was the, the biggest risk was the, the combined, um, HRT. Mm-hmm. Which is which? Is a little bit, you know, you know, was weird because you wouldn't have thought it would be the kind of the estrogen only, but it was the combined one, and it was the it was the synthetic one seemed to be better than the thing. So actually, if you exclude that one group who got the combined equine form kind mm-hmm. of HRT, actually the risk was almost the same. Mm-hmm. It was almost these are tablets. These are the 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 one that people worry the most about, and the ones been cream and patch and all that stuff actually there was absolutely no increased risk and the other studies done there's one done in uh was done in the states in um i think it was seattle which showed exactly the same thing when it comes to patch gel it's really clear evidence that there is no increased risk Mm -hmm. and i'm I'm even going to go further what i'm going to say is that if you if you Need to be on HRT. Forget about the quality of life that you you know that you know it might be impaired if you're not on HRT. I think I was speaking to one of my colleagues, guyny colleagues, who's got an HRT interest, and was saying, actually, you know something. The patients I see who don't go on HRT, they're less likely to be active because they're sweating. They don't like to get sweaty, so they don't go for walks. And actually, what what she said, nobody's looked at the people who don't go on HRT because they're scared. What their BMIs is, what's going to happen to them later on? They're going to be less active. More likely to get osteoporosis. Are they going to get a fracture? Actually, we don't see what that risk factor for the clots is going to be in the future because they haven't have managed to keep themselves healthy. So I think it's really, really, I think it's, you know, it was a perfect example of a news. I won't tell you which newspaper saying HRT kills 50% more than, than, than doesn't. I mean, those headlines are just complete nonsense and i think some of the headlines that you know especially when the nottingham uh, kind of study came out there was some really good headlines you know saying that actually gel and things are safe and then actually if you if you look at it in detail the risk is still so small and again i'm not an hrt expert but i would have thought the benefits way outcome the risk. anything we take has got the risk attached to it but i think the risk of hrt is really really small and i think the benefit i would think Way outweigh adwe- uh, the risk. And as far as clots is concerned, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet in a second. I'll let you guys ask questions. There's two more things I'm gonna say. The second thing is that if someone has got a first degree family who's got clots or two of them, or they've even had a clot, what I'm gonna say here is not quite evidence based. There's not enough evidence for this, but I know I, because I was doing this. I asked a couple of my colleagues what they do, and colleague at UCH. And a colleague here, the colleague here doesn't mind. is Zara Sayer. She's a thrombosis expert. So she, she asked her permission to say it. And they actually, what they do, because they feel the benefit of HRT is actually, is actually so high that if people even at high risk who've had a clot previously, which we generally would avoid the tablets, if they are advised by, you know, by HRT expert, by, you know, hematologist, there's no, reason why you should not give them a small dose of some a, a blood thinner, and still give them HRT because the benefit will outweigh it. And I know they're doing that. They're already doing that for the high risk patients with a high risk of developing a clot.
1: There's yeah, there's I I, I could unpick tons of what you just said. Um I, it's it's fascinating, isn't it? Thank you so much. Because I think what we what we tend to worry about, what people are worrying about is the older studies of clot risk with oral estrogens aren't they and those more yeah. synthetic progestogens and um we know there's an ever so slight increased risk with those but i that risk is still relatively small and the studies were done on a lot of older women who were using that horrible equine horses- exactly oestrogen which which wasn't too which, which isn't nice and I think there's a big difference between what we're using now, which is the transdermal estrogen that goes through the skin and the really body identical progesterones like the micronized progesterones, which actually yep. don't haven't been shown to increase your, your clot risk. And this is this is from from baseline. I mean, we can never say never in medicine, but they haven't been shown to increase your risk. And those are very safe. And one of the ways that, that I think happens, isn't it, is is that all estrogen Tends to be broken down in the body in a different way. It tends to activate different pathways in our in our system, which can which can increase our risk of clots. But certainly, with the transdermal preparations, we know we know that's not the case. And, and I also wanted to pick up on the point of your you said about quality of life. There, you know, if you've had a clot and your quality of life is suffering, and you're not exercising as much, you're potentially gaining weight and you're thinking about hrt it's really important you see a specialist about it isn't it because 100
2: 100
1: discussion because like you say it might be that we think about giving you a small amount of blood thinner to, mm-hmm. to to try and mitigate that 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 sort of risk benefit but actually overall it's it's really great to hear that you know, you and your colleagues also feel that HRT is safe and, and, and clot risk is, is is negligible with it. So
2: thank absolutely you. Clear. Absolutely, clear, Absolutely, I completely agree. And I agree with you that there is absolutely no reason why you can't give, especially these days where you can give tablets as blood thinners rather than Warfarin. And Well, Warfarin was tablets as well, but much easier. You can give a small dose of something like Apixaban, mil. It's very easy to give. And it's very safe to give. So those, especially the ones with the highest kind of, you know, um, the the ones that can benefit the most from HRT, even if they're high risk for clots for various reasons, then as well as adjusting their lifestyle to improve that risk, to reduce that risk, um, uh, they can also be helped by specialists to give them, you know, to give them advice and As, and as you said, this is not even transdermal gel. We know those are safe. There's no evidence to say they're not safe. We're not even talking about those. I think, I think those are 100% safe. I think we're talking about the ones, you know, and I'm sure you got, well, you guys know better than me. There are some patients that the gel and the, and the turntable does not, it's not as good as, you know, it doesn't work as well. And they might need the tablet version. And as again, we say you start as you guys i know you you know you would re- recommend to start at the smallest dose and increase it and give them the minimum dose that gives the maximum benefit and I think if all those are met, you get just the lifestyle risks that can reduce you know reduce the risk of your class as well as when needed to speak to a specialist, mm-hmm. then I think h r t is something that needs to be you know. I think I think there's apps is safe to to uh, to take and use because then we know the benefits of HRT are are you know are immense.
0: I think it's really important to point out, you know, in the UK, as we, as we all know, you're more likely, or the guidelines state that transdermal oestrogen, you know, transdermal. We're talking about the gels and the patches are what most. Doctors most GPS and menopause specialists will go to um, but it's interesting what I found really interesting with this there was the the numbers you were reporting there Ali so I think you said it was sixteen in ten thousand and it went up to twenty five in ten thousand so even that increase within you know a, a, pop, a population or a group a number of ten thousand is a very small increase and we often talk about benefits versus risk, but going back to the point about lifestyle if you're feeling low mood lethargy fatigue, you're exhausted, you know, you've just actually, you're just busy, you're stressed with whatever's going on, whether you're looking after elder family members, kids, you've got a job, all that. And then adding on to that, you know, lack, lack, of, lack of motivation to exercise in any way, then actually if HRT is going to help you, it's going to help you sleep better. If you sleep better, you're likely to want to move a bit more, you know, it's going to take you out that fatigue and that lethargy, and that's fantastic. And I think it's it's really important that we often talk about moving rather than exercise as well. And there's a brilliant book called Move by Caroline Williams, which I've been championing a lot over this last year. Um, And she talks about just the importance of movement. And I know, Ali, you mentioned, you know, you're talking about steps there. Fantastic. I mean, that's all, that's generally or we need to think about if we're moving well and we're just full stop moving we're walking we're walking up the stairs we're not taking the lift or we're just getting off the bus that that stop before so we have to walk a little bit further maybe not taking that taking the car um that one time out of 5 then we are moving more and that's really really key
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I completely agree. And again, you, you know, you mentioned that the numbers are small, 16 to 25 out of 10,000. On top of that, what we have to say is that that those were mainly the increased risk was in the highest risk product the ones that you know the quine ones if you exclude those it's not even the difference even smaller so it's really important to do that there's more studies need to be done i I don't think there is there is enough studies done but you know studies done more recently show that the risk is minimal and i think as long as the as long as the person who's going to start the hrt is kind of you know knows about it is informed i think you know the risk is small
0: and it's like you say, it's patient-led. It's having that discussion with your GP or the specialist if you've gone to see a specialist, your menopause clinic, whoever that might be, and having that decision. And maybe for you know for a patient, it's not making an immediate decision. You know, we know that sometimes it can take them more, more than one or two appointments it's just to come around and do some reading, and have a really good understanding of risk versus benefit.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that I, I uh, you know, some of our colleagues find quite difficult, Ali, is is the alerts that come up within our system uh, when you're prescribing HRT and the alerts in the prescription information sorry the the drug information within your boxes of whatever HRT you're on and you know that those can be quite scary for both doctors and patients and it's also trying to drive a change there as well because in that it says it will increase your risk of xyz clots obviously what we're talking about tonight and it will increase your risk of clot and I guess that's that's something also we've got to change because I think we're not prescribing HRT to women that need it because of that risk. You know, that risk is even stated on things like vaginal estrogens as well, which mm, we it is. does not increase your risk of clot. I mean, it, it's a very safe type of medication, yet thousands of women are going to be denied it because of that. And, you know, we know that, vaginal atrophy can cause urosepsis and can you know absolutely lead to lots of different things so it's also changing that mindset and challenging those that sort of rhetoric behind you know hrt being unsafe and moving away from that i think we're getting there but i still think there's a lot the the lot that we need to be done so i think hearing your expertise is really helpful because for a lot of women, they will think, you know, that they they worry about the two biggest things, I think. Well, certainly the women I've seen it which is clot and breast cancer. Mm.
0: And I think often they don't maybe trust their GP. There's that element of well, does the GP really know about this? You know? And that's that, you know, it doesn't go for all GPs, of course, but actually talking to a consultant hematologist who's saying
2: it's okay. <laughs> I, I say from the class point of view, I'm, um, you know, I would feel very, very comfortable and confident and happy to say that because I think I think as as you both have said, I think it's safe. I think it's in very rare cases. And I said but you you know, you talk about the alerts that come up and that's so so true. I mean, my wife has had migraine once in her life and the GP refuses to prescribe her any uh, her contraceptive pill, which she wants it for acne, and 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 literally she refuses, and the GP refuses, and that's because the alert comes up. Migraine mm. is one of those things, and she's had it. She had migraine once when she was doing her exams when she was twenty six, and because she because that's in the GP notes. But that is, we all know that is you know it's unlikely unlikely to have any relevance but you know but she still can't 14 years down the line she still can't get her yeah. uh, the pill that she wants <laughs>
1: it's, it is crazy that there's a lot of alerts out there that we need to sort of uh stop but but yeah that's a whole separate
2: that's a whole separate pharmaceutical whole... legal social, <laughs> you know whatever they you know they yeah. they need to alert us <laughs>
0: Having is having really probably your doctor just say, look, this is what it's going to say in the box. I'm comfortable that this is flashed up. Don't have to talk to the patient about that, but you know, this is what it's going to say in the box, and it, I'm I feel confident in saying to you, you can ignore that leaflet. And we know I know that you know, I don't think I've read a, a leaflet out of a medical medicine box like paracetamol <laughs> ever possibly. Uh, but of course, when you're taking a new medication, you are likely to check it and read it. And it's just for everyone to have that information, understanding that actually this is okay. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And can I just say one more thing? You can ask more guys. So just, just, I'm just going to say that don't also, regardless if you're an HRT or not, doesn't matter if you are, I think just one thing we've noticed a little bit, people don't know the signs and symptoms of blood clots. It is important to be aware of it. There's a NHS website, you can look at it, but it's, you know, things like leg swelling, you know, and sometimes the bigger clots that can dislodge and go into your lungs that actually can, you can come with abdominal sweating, swelling, because clots usually can develop anywhere, anywhere in your abdomen, in your tummy, mm-hmm. all the way down to your legs. In the legs, you can feel the swelling. The swelling is more obvious. The pain is more obvious. In the abdomen it's not as obvious. You might just feel abdominal pain and it's, if there's any sign of swelling or any pain or redness it's really important to get that medical, you know, attention that you need. And that usually means going to emergency department and clot in the lung, shortness of breath, sudden onset of shortness of breast, sudden onset of chest pain and feeling, uh, feeling generally unwell. It is important to remember those, uh, those things as well, because anybody can, can get a blood clot. And if there is, any of those symptoms, you should go to your emergency department and have it checked out.
0: Brilliant. Thank you for clarifying that, Ali. It's really important just to have those signs. And as you say, we signpost people for the NHS and you can just easily go there. Don't start Googling things. No. <laughs> go to reputable no. sources. And we know here in the UK, we've got the NHS websites. And
2: one more advice I'm going to say while, while we're on it. So I know you probably guys want to leave now, but I'm going to say <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> one more thing, guys. Just just a, a British Society of Hematology guidelines on flights. I know everybody's scared of flights. The risk of developing clots on a flight is really, really, really small. Under four hours is really small. Over six hours, there is a small risk, but the risk is still really small. Four things. Drink lots of water. Don't drink alcohol. No sleeping tablets. And get up and walk around every every 60 to 90 minutes and try to do your Foot exercises every as as much as you can while you're sitting down. But no alcohol, no sleeping tablets. Drink lots of water, and if possible. And I mean, Caroline and Claire probably can afford it. Business class
0: <laughs> <laughs> definitely can't afford it, Ali. Like, it's okay, Ali, I like I like your humour. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> sense humour, um, <laughs> but I think it's really important that you've you've picked up on that point as well. I used to my my ex mother in law used to say to me, "You don't even have a drink on a flight, Caroline." But partly because I knew how much flying dehydrated me and I'm Absolutely. a little bit a little bit health conscious where she'd be chugging away. But I think as well, um, the movement bit there is key because we're talking about movement generally. I'm the lunatic that goes to the back of the plane and does a bit of yoga and stretching and all that kind of thing. And people do look at me, I'll do it in my seat, but it's actually quite easy and you could this is something you can Google, you know, chair yoga. What can I do seated on our aeroplane on a long haul flight if I just can't get out very easily? What can you do? Um, and it's Really easy just to take some movement, whether you're seated or you just walk to the back of the plane and just spend five minutes moving. Um, And that is something that's really accessible. So, Ali, just to quickly summarise, can you give me three top
1: tips regarding blood clots and HRT? Anything at all that you would like to leave us with and to share so that we can sort of pass on the knowledge about. Blood clots.
2: It can be anything related to HRT or not. Absolutely. Oh well. I mean, blood clots. I think. I think it's the most important thing is adjusting the risk factors of blood clot. If you're a smoker, give it up. If you, you know, weight, you know, exercise. Those are the really, really simple things. Yoga. Those things. You know, we know if those are the the biggest risks. You know, lack of movement and you know, uh, smoking and those things are the biggest risks reduce those second is actually HRT is safe so if you think you're going to benefit from HRT ask your GP ask a med, a professional because in ninety nine percent it is absolutely safe and the one percent that might not be safe there are ways around it that is really important to know that as well because there are ways around it we are very lucky that we live in a in a time that there are so many uh, different things available for uh, to uh, kind of prevent you from getting a uh, uh, prevent you from getting clot, and i guess the third thing is remember signs of of clots in your legs and clots in your lung because any of us any of us can get it we are all the older we get you're more likely to get it and that's nothing to do with hrt or 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 anything estrogen that's just life
1: Ali, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure.
2: Pleasure's been all mine, guys. <laughs>
1: Thanks so much, Ali.
2: You mu- you're welcome. You're welcome.